atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. I'm Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. This is the broadcast for February the 17th in the year of our Lord, 2020, hour two at two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly placed by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Dr. Scott Bradley, always with us, second hour on Mondays. Welcome back, my brother. Thank you very much, and um, glad to be with you. And, um, and, you know, I'm glad all of your faithful listeners are uh, paying attention this morning, because we definitely need people that are going to help us restore the things this nation was founded on. All right. Now, I think the rejection of daylight savings time is a very important topic. I don't believe the government has the right to mandate the time like that in the first place and to manipulate it every six months. Uh, it's a disaster. They talk about how it's really bad for everybody's health and all these problems with it. They talk about how expensive it is. It goes on and on and on and on. It's been debated for years. But now in the middle of the Utah reign of terror is what I call it, the legislative session, which is 45 days long every year. We're right in the middle of it. The Senate passed a bill to make daylight savings time year-round or permanent sounds good right but then they said that you got to have the house pass it it's got to be signed by the governor right then the bill would still need action by congress and then you'd have to have four states at least four western states uh agree to it or or participate as well before it would take effect I, i don't understand what they even did what what kind of insanity is that scott well, let's first of all, uh, back in 1866, uh, a judge by the name of Gideon John Taylor in New York made a statement that I think is apropos any time you have your legislature in session. He said, no man's life, liberty, or property are safe while the legislature is in session. And I think this is, you know, pretty typical. I mean, we, we create in Utah about 500 new laws every year, and I would submit that that's unnecessary. And I think if they if they repealed 500 uh, previous laws, it would be more on the track of what they should do. But let's go to the daylight savings time for just a second. <laughs> this is bureaucrat, bureaucrat heaven, what you've just outlined. But uh, let me just weigh in on this in one simple concept. I believe that the time schedule was established in the, in the heavens for Earth. And how this might sound, whoa, this is a bunch. But if, if somebody ever was ever interested, I could teach you how to tell time using the Big Dipper and the North Star. And, uh, if, and you can tell time with that if you just know the date. Okay, it's very easy to do. But um, if you have daylight savings time, you have to have one more calculation in there. Because the celestial clock, if you will, isn't on daylight savings time. You've got to make an adjustment for the hour adjustment when you have daylight savings time. So my opinion is, you know, all through history, those of us that have kind of, and I don't go back that far in history, but some may think, but those of us that have understood that celestial clock have kept time by that clock, 
And now with daylight savings time, when it comes on board, we have to make an extra calculation to ca calculate the correct time. I think that daylight savings time is, is a bizarre and foolish, uh, I don't know, it's just a power play by the government, and I can't imagine why we've even embraced it. <laughs> well, and the so, question is, I, I understand backing out of it. I get it. Uh, so the Senate did a good job by saying, hey, let's get rid of it. They all voted yes. But to say the House then has to vote for it, then the governor has to sign it, then the federal government has to create a law, and then we've got to have four states all agree before it becomes, why are they be, Why are they putting so many levels in there? Why don't we just nullify now and say as a state, you know what, we're going to just slam dunk, get rid of this thing tomorrow. Arizona and other states have already done it. It's not like it's rocket science or that we don't know what would happen. It's insane. It's not one of man's law. I mean, it's like what? I mean, the legislature thinks they're gods on earth, basically, that they could do whatever they take into their little heart, and they make everything a, a bureaucrat's dream. And uh, Are they ever going to get rid of it, Scott? I think we ought to get rid of daylight savings time. I've always been against daylight savings. I know, but are they going to get rid of it? You think, do you think we'll ever come to common sense on this? No. All right. I think, I think when the Savior returns, we will. I think of course. That, uh, we don't have enough um, common sense in those that seek to govern. Um, we have just a bunch of lessers governing. <laughs> it's bizarre to me. All right. Uh, Kurt, you want to chime in on this? You think we'll ever get rid of daylight savings time? The Senate did pass it in the state of Utah, but there's so many hoops it'll never get done. Well, there's uh, at least... You know, you might say a little greater chance if you can maybe some of these other states around us. I understand you got to have, what is it, four of them, uh, other ones that would That's agree they to say, it. Uh -huh. and then, uh, you know, I mean, so it could happen, uh, Sam. I mean, let's make America great again, you know. I, mean, I hope it's, I hope Kurt's right is all I can say, but I just don't have a lot of confidence when they put that many you know, you got to depend on the federal government to say yes. You got to have four states say yes. You got to have the House of Utah say yes. You got to have the governor sign it. I mean, it's just insanity. All right, enough of that. I thought I'd bring that up because, though, I was hoping they did a good thing until I read all the devil in the details. Then I went, oh, <laughs> I guess we'll never get it done. Although the concept is right, at least they're doing something right somewhere. Somebody, uh, anyway, prayers are that they get it right more often and that we don't create so many. Um, I don't know what you want to call it. So many. Bars to jump over, whatever you want to... Anyway. All right, there's this Girl Scout Kurt wants to tell you about, Scott. Okay, I'm listening. Very good. Uh, the headline reads from the Western Journal, uh, by way of uh, WorldNet Daily headline reads, a 98-year-old Girl Scout has been selling cookies since 1932. Uh, and the, the sub-headline, she's nonstop. So uh, so I'm anyway. trying to get rid of daylight savings time. Kurt's trying to sell Girl Scout cookies. Well, the thing I think <laughs> is nice, Sam, is, you know, we get all told that, hey, you know what, if you hit 60, you pretty Dude, much you're need you're to done. just retire. You need to make sure that uh, you're, I mean, all you do is you uh, go from party to party. Uh, you don't really participate. And I would suggest, you know, that you ought to participate in the world and in fact you you know uh, maybe you ought to keep selling girl scout cookies like her do you, or eat you girl ought scout to cookies, Kurt? make america do i eat them yeah. i've eaten them before uh but you ought to do make like america in the world i well so I, I mean you know should be selling girl scout cookies Kurt would be going around after saying they don't eat those those aren't good for you well the thing that i'm for <laughs> sam is uh freedom and you know in this case um 
if she's selling Girl Scout cookies, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Kurt would but, let you buy uh, them and eat them, Scott. Well, yeah, I think that people should have. This was happened in Pennsylvania, by the way. Or you can eat them on the wrong time, but you'd be able to eat them. And uh, so they say, um, she told WFMZ-TV, um, well, I became a Girl Scout in 1932. And, uh, and uh, hey, she credits the organization with preparing her for life. She certainly learned many valuable lessons. There's nothing in this story, though, about how, well, I think the Girl Scouts have kind of changed since then, uh, Sam. But anyway, um, she well, said she was ready. Well, not letting boys in. the Boy Scouts letting the girls in, buddy. Yeah, well, she said, I was ready to be prepared to obey orders, to be courteous, clear, cheerful, and clean in thought, word and deed. She wrote in a poem, um, the Girl Scouts had planted a seed. Her spirit and charm are recognized by those around her. Anyway, the bottom line is, I just say that people are very valuable even after they turn 60. Uh, yes, they are. they can are. participate and help the world uh, making things better, I think. Amen to that. By the way, I don't know what federal land is. There's uh, constitutional guidelines on this. Nevertheless, federal land's in the news, Kurt. Well, that's right. WorldNet Daily's got this piece. Uh, headline reads, Oil production on federal lands surpasses 1 billion barrels, undermines influence of OPEC on world markets. Um, you know, at least to me, this main thing about this story is uh, there's a phrase uh, in Scripture that says, Earth has enough and despair and that has to do with if we are a godly people and keep the commandments of god then he'll bless us with everything we need and you know you could even include that in a story about oil but i don't think they included it yeah anyway. my problem with this idea oil production on federal land um i don't know that federal mm -hmm. land is designed for oil um <clears throat> production in the first place well, and then secondly what do you mean we're undermining the influence land. of this oil cartel um, I don't know that we're undermining it as much as they're undermining us, and we're stopping it by not looking internationally, Scott. You know, there's there's a lot to be said about this particular topic, and, and I guess I'll take it from a constitutional perspective. You know, uh, anybody that, you know, really understands the Constitution understands that, that it is specific, exact, and, and unequivocal in, in the powers delegated to the national government. And... Um, and so uh, there, there is no authority in the national government for these bazillions of acres of land that the, the federal government holds. And I use national and federal interchangeably, and we can talk about the 39th Federalist Paper and why we're both national and federal but not either and all that kind of stuff at any rate. But uh, if you look at Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17, that specifically delegates to the United States government the authority over 64,000 acres plus a few little extra things uh, for forts and magazines and arsenals that uh, might be uh, allowed if the, the local states approve and, and go along with it. So if they don't have a right to do all these other things. That should be in right hands. And so, uh, you know, I, I guess I'm shocked. I don't think we've got to take a break. But Amen. But the other idea here, too, is not only do we have a land issue with this discussion, but we're undermining OPEC as if OPEC is the good, righteous guys that we're undermining. OPEC's nothing but, a, but an oil cartel with price fixing and more, internationally speaking. Uh, let's talk about that when we come back. Hang tight. 
Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999, text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999, or go to DefendAPatriot.com, DefendAPatriot.com. Yeah, this is David in Engineering. This is your wife in Suburbia. Oh, hi, hon. What's up? How's the robot coming? Well, he doesn't exactly respond to requests mm. yet, but... Um... Well, I know how frustrating that can be. You do? Uh-huh. I'm still waiting for my romantic lunch date. Oh, yeah. David. Well, I must not have enough memory uh, allocated. Uh-huh. Sorry. You know, your son said mama today. Really? Uh-huh. Well, we'll have to have that sound changed to Dada. Well, you could reprogram it yourself, you know. I know. Hey, why don't we do it over lunch today? Oh, you really are brilliant. Thanks. You want me to bring the robot? David. He can order pasta in 11 languages. Only if he pays for his own lunch. Okay. Oh, don't forget to bring Chip. Uh, I still wish we hadn't named him that. Well, why? It beats general default. Oh. Family. Isn't it about time? Do you know that a baby processes information three times faster than an adult? An adult what? Engineer. Engineer. Funny, funny. <laughs> I'll see you, I <laughs> Can't wait. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All right, so Scott, I say that we're not undermining anything. We're defending our sovereignty and our liberty. Uh, the drug cartel and the oil cartel internationally kind of have a similar idea. They price, fix, and manipulate and control. You know what? We're not undermining OPEC as if OPEC has the authority or something like that. I mean, I understand they're saying it undermines the influence of OPEC on the markets. I get what they're saying, but I got a problem with the whole concept that we're the underminers idea. Well, I reject one that. of the. One of the things that was interesting to me in the story is apparently uh, we had a 29% increase of, uh, you know, oil production on these federal lands versus the Obama administration. Um, and that's according to the Department of the Interior. And you could say, well, we don't even need that. And I agree. Uh, but anyway, um, they say that they've had some technological advancements and different things like that. One guy that's the... Uh, you know, big shot there at the BLM. He had this to say. Uh, this is another example of the Trump administration undoing four or five decades of thoughtful laws Thank to protect the, the public lands. Uh, <laughs> he says uh, Trump is setting the up an environment in which oligarchs are benefiting more than taxpayers. Um, you know, I just hope that, uh, you know, like you say, they might read their little pocket constitution and say, we're not supposed to have these thousands and thousands of acres that are federal ground. And, and uh, you know, I mean, it would go back to the states, right, Scott? Well, the states, what the, the founding fathers' intent was is to, uh, you know, when a state came in, you transmit the uh, lands that were there as federal into the state hands, which in turn would turn them ultimately over to the hands of the, uh, you know, private citizens. So, that, I mean, every state 
could maximize its um, you know potential in every way. But but the feds are holding a third of the entire land mass of the United States, and you say, oh, it's it's all our land. Oh, it's not. Go try and do something with it that they don't authorize, and um, and you have uh, basically uh, the king's the king's forest, if you will, from Sherwood Forest or whatever. Right? Yes, you do. And I would add this, though, to Kurt's point. I guess if we have to say I'm going to have OPEC control the world's you know, oil or we're going to you know, deal with it domestically, even though I don't believe it should be federal land or anything else, I guess I would take internal uh, use of our own land as opposed to depending on uh, you know, global interests that are uh, in opposition to our own. So to some degree, it's a relative discussion in the sense that I'd rather have it be done in America than overseas, where we're dependent on our enemies in many ways for that, though. So at least there's something there uh, of value to some degree. And at least Trump... And you probably remember in your lifetime, Sam, uh, you know, the, uh, what, the... Uh, rationing and telling us that, hey, pretty soon we're going to be out of oil, and so you better, you know, uh, shut her down. The bottom line is, hey, we, as far as I know, they got more found now than they ever had, and they got more that they could find, and that has to do with uh, competition, you know. And, and technology, and the earth. Else, God's yeah, blessings, we go pretty on. Cool. I don't even believe it's fossil fuel, though. I don't believe oil is, I don't believe in fossil fuel ideas, uh, Scott. Well, let's take that for a second. I, I believe that the Earth is creating oil constantly. This idea that everything is is uh, basically static, and I think the Earth is is a you know under as God's creation, He had a He had a plan. He knew how many were going to be here and who was going to use it, and what our needs were going to be, and everything else like that. And I I think that He's a loving God, and and He's not a scarce God. He's not a God of chaos. He's a God of order and and love and all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, you know, we can pretty well trust that, you know, he's got things in hand. We've got to be good stewards. There's no question about that. I mean, whether you're a husband or a father in your own household. Yeah, the or, point is God's not Gomer Pyle, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't just wake up one day and go, golly, I didn't realize they were going to make cars and use up so much oil. Now my whole plans are off track and ruined. He isn't a Ronald Reagan, he isn't a Ronald Reagan administrator or Gomer Pyle, folks. He knows what's going on. He loves us. There's plenty in room to spare. Uh, and, and So I don't believe that oil is a fossil fuel or that it ruins the world anyway. I agree with Scott that we need to be great stewards of the earth, but we need to be very careful there on many fronts. Anyway, enough of that piece. Kurt wants to uh, tell you about uh, we're leading the world, Scott. Well, it, it's a story about CO2. And, uh, you know, I, I know uh, we talked about this before, but to me it goes right along with the uh, whole, you know, discussion about who's in charge of this planet. And the headline reads, U.S. led entire world in reducing CO2 emissions in 2019. Subheadline, electricity demand declined because demand for air conditioning heating lower as a result of milder summer winter weather huh i mean imagine that changing things you know sam and scott you know it's interesting to me first of all co2 is not an issue it's not a problem it's a it's a naturally occurring element here upon the earth that, that god put here our plants thrive more you know in, in a greater way whenever there's a more co2 rich environment it helps production of, of the food that we need, the foodstuffs and everything. Uh, CO2 does not destroy our upper atmosphere. I mean, you can look at this in any way you want, except for 
the agendized way that the, um, the ones that want to control our lives want us to look at it. CO2 is not an issue. But if you want to say, oh, wow, United States is a big, bad nation. Well, the United States, in their agenda even, has met this request to diminish our CO2 more than anybody else. And those that are pushing us and on this and wanting us to help support their efforts, wanting to get into our back pockets to do it, are the worst offenders. This thing is wrong on every surface. If, if we had more CO2, we'd have more production of, of plant life. I mean, the plants, and I mean, they thrive on it. They give more oxygen then for us. I mean, it's just bizarre how we're in a death spiral over nothing. Well, and they would say the balance of oxygen and CO2 is out of whack, and if that's the case, just plant more trees, Scott. You know, that's interesting. We have a, a local issue, uh, and I don't need to take a lot of time on this because it's very localized to us. We have people saying, oh, no, 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 you're killing off the forests in Brazil and everything's uh, ugly and everything. We have the quote-unquote uh, experts, these um, intellectual giants, that have gone through our canyons and removed centuries-old trees, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of them, and they burned them in big slash piles. And it's done because they they think they're not indigenous. And I'm going, wait a minute, we got trees of that nature that have been here 3,000 years. How, how long you got to be here to be indigenous, you know? And And the fact of the matter is... It looks, in some areas, like uh, if you think back to the Saran and his, uh, no, it was Saruman, that had the scorched earth policy when he burned all the trees down in the Lord of the Rings series. That's what the experts did here. And I'm saying, what's wrong with you? They say, well, you know, uh, we want to plant something else that the deer will like better. And so they've, they've gone through with the scorched earth policy. And I say, wow, they, th- these people are not even... Their logic completely eludes me on everything. I'm for planting trees, Scott. You plant trees, but they they cut thousands and thousands. I know. What are they doing? It's insanity. It is insanity. Let's take care of the earth. Let's not try to re-engineer the earth to man's liking against God's uh, better judgment. Let's be very but careful and, and, and take stewardship of it and, and support what's there. Otherwise, we're going to bring back the dinosaurs. These were professors government employees that came to this. I mean, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you, right? Don't you think they ought to try to somehow extract DNA and recreate dinosaurs on the earth? (laughs) I'm demonstrating the absurd, but that's what these people think. They think that they're just in charge and whatever their current day-to-day wisdom is is the answers. And and I'm telling you what they do is they run it off a rail. After they cut down all the trees in about 100 years, they'll be like, oh man, that was a horrible mistake. We got to plant a gazillion trees. My response is, why don't you just leave the trees there in the first place? But there you have it. While we're debating the environment, folks are debating gun rights. you got Virginia out in the weeds denying people their God-given unalienable right of self-defense. But yet, nine states are taking them on, Kurt. Well, that's right. This headline from WesternJournal.com and uh, by way of World Net Daily basically says, uh, as gun rights die in Virginia, nine states could soon form pro-Second Amendment bastion. And I guess uh, in Mississippi, they've introduced a bill that basically would do this. The uh, It would include, of course, Mississippi, and then the other proposed states of this compact would be Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and West Virginia. They say a compact of this size would have substantial power, putting a major check on the regulatory power of Washington, D.C. See, 
I guess this would be a constitutional uh, conversation, right, Sir Scott? You know, it's interesting to me. Uh, Virginia will ultimately be struck down by the Supreme Court, but, but you know, it's kind of like, how can they be so stupid to begin with? It's interesting to me that 44 states have included in their constitutions a recognition of the right to keep and bear arms. 31 of those states explicitly recognize the right as an individual right and making self-defense the reason. There's only six states that don't explicitly recognize the right to bear arms in our constitution. These people, and Bloomberg's one of the big guys, we got to talk about it, that's pushing to destroy that God-given right. And not only that, Bloomberg's about to take center stage, folks. Write it down and remember who has been telling you longer than Drudge. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Fourteen people who were evacuated from the Diamond Princess cruise ship and flown back to the United States yesterday while they're infected with the coronavirus. The U.S. Departments of State and Health and Human Services releasing a joint statement early today saying passengers that tested positive were isolated from the other passengers during the flights and were transported to an appropriate location for continued isolation and care. Officials say the remaining passengers will stay under quarantine for 14 days. Over a 1,000 former employees of the Justice Department are calling for Attorney General Bill Barr to resign over his handling of the Roger Stone case. In an open letter to Barr, the ex-department workers say that he and President Trump have openly and repeatedly flouted the rule of law and have damaged the department's reputation and integrity. This is USA Radio News. Hi, this is Wayne Allen Root. The healthcare open enrollment period has ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up now with Liberty HealthShare. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they're not insurance. That means you can sign up at any time of the year. Liberty HealthShare has no network. You're free to pick your own doctors, hospitals, providers, and there are no contracts. Starting as low as $199 per month, Liberty HealthShare has memberships for singles, couples, and families of any size. I joined. I'm a member. My four children are members. Liberty HealthShare saves me 18 thousand dollars each year compared to what i was paying for health insurance liberty health share is a non-profit ministry your money goes towards helping other members with their eligible medical expenses and in your time of need other members are there for you you can feel good knowing you're part of the community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens for more information call 855-58-LIBERTY 855-58-LIBERTY or go to libertyhealthshare.org slash wayne root that's libertyhealthshare.org slash wayne root Over a week of heavy rains, leaving Mississippi with major flooding problems. Governor Tate Reeves warning residents around Jackson that more rain is coming in the next few days, and floodwaters from the Pearl River may not recede till the end of this week. This man lives in Jackson and says he wasn't expecting any flooding when he moved there recently. When I first moved in uh, about a year ago, I asked them, you know, hey, we're close to the Pearl River. There's a creek. Do we be worried about anything like that? And our landlords told us to not worry about it. It's been kind of a struggle, and it kind of 
of sucks that I can't get uh, my flooding insurance to cover it. No one's been killed in the flooding, but officials say at least four flooding-related injuries have been tallied. Democratic frontrunner Bernie Sanders accusing his billionaire opponent Mike Bloomberg of trying to buy the presidency. Sanders attacking Bloomberg during a campaign appearance in Nevada yesterday, saying that he never saw Bloomberg campaigning in Iowa or New Hampshire, but he's been spending hundreds of millions of dollars on TV ads. And you're listening to USA Radio News. All right, Bloomberg's going to be taking center stage, ladies and gentlemen. Write it down. Remember who told you first. Bloomberg is your great gun grabber. The battle's on over our right to keep and bear arms. That's for sure. Virginia trying to take away your guns. As Scott Bradley, Dr. Bradley wisely says, hey, you know what? Virginia will be shut down over this. Nevertheless, it's a massive battle going on. Nine states in opposition right now. And basically in the South, they say, hey, we're going to form a pro-Second Amendment bastion, which I think is good, uh, whether it'll be enough or not, who knows. I think Americans will eventually lose their gun rights, Scott, because we don't stand up for liberty at all uh, as a group, really. There's a few of us that try hard, but there's just not enough of us. You know, it's said that the eternal vigilance is the price of liberty, and I, I think I fear that you're correct and that most have become distracted by the circus and bread uh, fiascos that are out there. And, and um, there, there needs to be a lot more engagement in preserving all our lessons of liberty. I mean, these, these are fatal flaws that are coming down. And by the way, this idea that Bloomberg and his, you know, ascendancy, I've been saying for months that we're going to have a... Uh, brokered convention in the Democratic uh, convention, but uh, Bloomberg has got a really good strategy, I think. If, you, if, if he's trying to win, he's got a great strategy. The other clowns that are out there that are, that are uh, you know, muddling, muddying the water and, and killing each other off in their debates and everything else like that are unelectable, and uh, Bloomberg is, is silently sneaking up behind them with his billions. We might have two New York billionaires running for president. And by the way, I heard that um, Bloomberg had kind of floated a trial balloon that Hillary might be his uh, running mate. And I'm going, oh, yeah, now Drudge now. got credit for breaking that story over the weekend, but I've been saying it for months, uh, yeah. Scott. Well, now Hillary's way past her prime. She couldn't run for president, sustain anything. This is a bone to throw to her. And maybe if I was Bloomberg, I'd, I'd be checking my mashed potatoes and gravy to make sure that there wasn't some poison pill in them. If she was his president, I mean vice president, I'm, that sounds like a radical thing to say. But the Clintons have got a real shady and dark history that, you know, I just have to say, holy cow, watch your back, Jack. Amen. And they might float Hillary at first. Then they might say, well, what if Bloomberg and Sanders or Bloomberg and Biden or Bloomberg and Michelle Obama or Bloomberg and who knows who else they'll float. But time will tell. And I'm telling you, Bloomberg is going to need to be reckoned with, whether it's this time around or next time around. Uh, you can be assured of that. He's about as interesting as watching paint dry. I mean, he really is. He's about as dynamic as a, as a, a painting, a painted wall drawing. I would think Michelle Obama probably would resonate with a lot of people, and she would be worse than her husband if she were president. I mean, as bad as he was. We have a disaster going on, and Americans are not paying attention. Bloomberg's an absolute abortionist. He's a, he's a socialist. He wants power and control. People say, oh, well, he's pro-business. Pro well, so was Mussolini. I mean, your fascism world 
has lots of great uh, examples of of uh, pro you know private business being basically facilitated by government and and it's like if people don't understand what's at stake here, they could be deceived. Like I say, Amen to that. Bloomberg's uh, uh, advertising. I don't know why they've decided to send it to me. I find it interesting reading, but it's... They're sending it to everyone, sir. That's why. All right, Kurt. Okay. Well, one other thing to throw in here. Remember when Ron Paul was a presidential candidate and they told him he was way too old, you know, and that kind of thing. You just can't really participate. Well, Michael Bloomberg is turning 78. Uh, the number of the other ones uh, that are in there are getting close to 80. Uh, Hillary's, uh, well, she's just a spring chicken compared to her them. She's only 72, I guess. But anyway, uh, it's amazing how it was. Uh, Rod Paul was just way too old. The only know? time you're too old is when you stand for liberty. Yeah, good point. Otherwise, you're that. not too old. In fact, the whole yeah, world would yeah. melt down if you didn't stay there with your incredible wealth and breadth and depth of experience. And it goes on and on and on. Well, while we're doing this, the school resource officers in the news, Kurt. Well, that's right. And this is a good news piece, at least in my opinion, Sam. The headline reads, School Resource Officer Takes Second Grader Without Dad to Father-Daughter Dance. So, in other words, you know, you got a, uh, well, a, a girl that doesn't have a dad, and uh, somebody at the school actually said, hey, uh, I'll help out here and fill in for him. So, you know, good good stuff. Just pray Sam. the motives are pure. Yeah, well, that's right, and uh, I mean, we we hope for the best, and uh, you know, that's just how that works. Uh, and uh, this is in Arkansas, and uh, you know, the story kind of went viral. Uh, this Avi Cox is her name. It says she had always dreamed of going to the father-daughter dance, but when her dad passed away, she didn't think she'd ever be able to go. Uh, and uh, that's when a Van Buren school resource officer, Nick Harvey, stepped in. His chief reached out to his fellow officers and suggested they act as volunteers for students without fathers. Uh, he he said he reached out to the mother, and last the last thing I wanted was to get rejected by a second grader. And then the next day, I formally asked if she'd be my date to the daddy-daughter dance. Uh, she said yes, and both made sure to coordinate their outfits, take pictures, ride in a limousine to get pizza before going to the event. It meant a lot. Uh, this is what she said, because I got to go and see all my friends there, and then I got to go with them and have a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's just... Scott, it's, it's a wonderful kind of a nice news story, story and I'm, I'm sad that I even have to put that as long as the, the motives are pure and proper here. It's sad to even say today, but it's a great news story, and we pray that people's motives are pure, and we realize the value of fathers. Yeah, good point. Any comments, Scott? Did we lose, Scott? No, I'm, I'm still here, and, and it is. You're just enjoying the story. story huh? it, it's a happy story, but it's sad the way Sam does this. You know, I, I will say this about Kurt. Kurt is an anachronism. Kurt is from a pure time. And in today's world, it's it's tragic what you bring up, Sam. I, I, I am so saddened by the fact that we have fallen that far that the motivations could ever be possibly questioned. But but I find it kind of refreshing that, that Kurt was so excited about it because, you know what, 
Kirk's just a pure-hearted guy. I mean, that, that to me, that's that's like that's another good news story. Amen. Oh. And I agree that if it's the way Kurt's hoping it to be, I'm thousand percent in. And I hate to even be skeptical, but our society requires it. Even if it is genuine and legitimate, if these guys are honorable people that would be step in or uh, surrogate fathers or whatever you want to call this in this uh, story, um, you know, somebody else is going to maybe call into question what they do, even if they are innocent. Oh, man, you, you know, put your arm around this little girl. The guy's like, what? Uh, it, it isn't what? Okay. And so. I'm not only in fear for what it could be if the motives were impure, but I'm also in fear for good, pure, righteous men maybe being in those situations where they could get um, accusations against them that would be wrongfully uh, articulated as well. I I understand and agree with Kurt a thousand percent. In this world that we live in, though, man, they've taken off the gloves in terms of destroying everything good and honorable, Scott. Well, you know, there's there's a lot that, uh, North American Man Boy Love Association, NAMBLA, and others that they, they want to lower the age of consent uh, for intimacy uh, down to like eight years old or six years old or so. I don't know. I don't track them that closely. But the fact of the matter is, it is appalling what is going on in the world today with the perversions and, and the uh, proclivities. And, and, and again, a lot of this comes back to our education system. And if you go back to the Humanist Manifestos, you find that they are for promoting anything that is non-traditional and, and taking away any stigma of, of uh, anything that might say this is improper. And, um, and that's why I think we have a lot of these gender-bender kind of things going on and, and perverse uh, inclinations of people. I, I, I think we are breeding a generation of people that do not have any boundaries in this. They don't have a moral compass at all, and I agree with Kurt, and I agree with the pure-hearted idea that we need to go back to a simpler time, and I pray these motives are pure by these, these folks that are step-in fathers. Uh, and I pray for, uh, you know, people who would make uh, false allegations against good, honorable men who are, do, who are doing the right thing. Our prayers are with them. we got another good news story, too. Dentists are in the news. Kurt? That's right. The headline uh, from World or Breitbart, in this case, uh, Dennis gives free services to people with Down syndrome. Uh, this happens in uh, Missouri. Sunset Hills is where it is. And uh, and the, this lady, uh, Lady Dennis, by the way, uh, giving her time to give back to the Down syndrome community by giving them free dental services on Thursdays. Uh, she said she got her inspiration to perform these charitable acts from her 12-year-old son who has Down syndrome. Uh, and the uh, bottom line is, hey, another good good story uh, moving forward. Uh, I mean, we, we all can learn from these good folks. And we all can promote them as heroes, Scott. Amen. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there's, there's so many good people out there. We don't need government intervening on everything. What we need is just to let the goodness of our hearts run our lives and uh, quit looking to government for things. I, I take my hat off to people that are courageous enough to say, I'm going to make a difference on my own. By the way, Florida is the state where Bloomberg's making his stand. The governor's there, too. We'll talk about it. As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions 
along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Florida Governor, what's his name, Ron DeSantis? Is that his name, Kurt? That's right, Sam. And the headline from Breitbart reads, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis wins big and partial <clears throat> E-Verify vote. Um, I guess this has to do, in my opinion, with the whole vote fraud thing. But this bill... Uh, you know, survived a committee review with a 4-2 vote, partly, they say, because the amended bill creates several large loopholes for the business groups that fiercely oppose the popular bill. Employers' lobbies uh, oppose mandatory use of the federal E-Verified database because it would force employers to exclude illegal immigrants from jobs. Without easy access to illegal workers, employers are pressured to raise wages um anyway they say the bill uh uh-huh they they say the bill uh, according to the ceo of the uh, u.s chamber of commerce says uh uh he's um, well they're good for national politics if you're a politician for sure and it's good for national politics if you want people to feel more engaged in the healthy part of the economy but the bottom line is some people want illegal immigrants to be in there uh i wish there was a Better way to handle this. How how should it be done? First Scott? off, are you free verify, Kurt? Well, I think the devil's in the details. I, if if you say, "Am I for illegal immigration?" Uh, I'm not for that. Uh, but right. if you if you stand for e-verify, then you're for you know tracking everybody and doing all this uh, federal government check. To me, the federal government ought to be pretty much out of it except for the borders and then the states and the counties ought to take care of it what do you say scott well the constitution doesn't allow the federal government to be engaged in anything whatsoever in this in regards to everything except as you point out 
interdiction at the border. Well, of course, if they get in, they can be removed. I mean, you know, if you if you come through the sieve, and it's worse than a sieve, uh, the the national government has to have that. And if you read the 42nd Federalist Paper, you understand why it has to be at the national government level. They, there is um, there's a disaster waiting to happen if if the uh, states were to allow immigration or businesses to allow immigration uh, for their own justification and benefits. But it, it uh, the, the nation to remain a nation has to protect its borders. And so I oppose this uh, government. Uh, uh, you verify thing. There's there's no authority whatsoever, and and I guess um, if if they had authority to do that, they would have authority to decide that you can't hire a white male or a, a green female or whatever. They're going to put some kind of uh, lens on it that has an agenda, and uh, and everybody's going to be trying to pull the levers of government and in their favor. And quite frankly, uh, there is no authority to do that at all whatsoever. And all we're doing is, is we're—it's a—it's putting lipstick on a pig, I think. Well, I like the There's simple no idea of small precincts where people know each other and neighbors know neighbors and people know people, and and I think there's a simpler way to do this. But when we turn everything into a global or national or federal or whatever database, it's all off the rails. But there's a simple way by precinct to deal with this, Scott. Are you talking about voting? Or are you talking about employment? Voting. In- uh, and you're talking about voting. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And uh, honestly, I mean, we could take the, I mean, <laughs> a couple of, of your whole program segments to talk about the voting issue. Right now, we have disasterized our voting process. There's uh, this uh, voter, motor voter registration and this idea that if you have a driver license, you can vote. And this idea that if you, um, I mean, people need to know the, who's in their precinct. You're absolutely right. And the federal government is attempting to interfere even more further with uh, with what the Congress has passed, with uh, kind of a reimplementation of the 1965 Voter Voter Act. And the feds really have been just usurping all sorts of power in this voter thing. And I want to go back to paper ballots. I want to go back to local accounting. I want to do this verifiable kind of thing. I think that uh, the hackable uh, databases, I mean, they're so easily hackable. And look at the disaster they had in Iowa. I mean, this was all this was all because. Don't worry, Nevada's going to fix it. They have a, a a portal that they're going to be using from Google. I don't know if oh, you've. That's got to be a disaster. I don't know if you've seen this thing, but it is a disaster. It's basically a Google online form they're going to use that's got what they call a caucus calculator in it. Holy cow! So We're, look out, it's a coming. You lose your election. If you lose your election process, you have lost. You've lost your nation. Amen to that. All right. We're on, on the way to that. On the employer side of things, um, I think the federal government has every right to keep people out of this country who are here illegally. Uh, and I think the federal government also has every right to penalize employers for hiring illegals uh, intentionally. Now, you got to debate what intentional is and when it's intentional and when it's not. But um, I do think there can be some accountability there. The question then becomes, how would you do it? And what, you know, when you kind of cross the line and say, vet out your papers uh, versus not. And the answer is when the government doesn't take care of the border like it should, it's a disaster. If the government took care of the border like it should and the states cooperated, in other words, didn't go against the feds and didn't have sanctuary cities or all this game playing, if they'd uphold the law and have proper immigration policies, I don't think this would be a massive problem. The massive problem is one they've created and then they want, of course, government for the answer. The Hegelian dialectic over immigration is hard at work to deceive the people. 
uh, in my opinion, on this. All right, Mitch McConnell's in the news, Kurt. Well, that's right. The headline from Breitbart says Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to set up back-to-back votes on pro-life bills. And so I guess this is basically just to set it up and, uh, you know, get people on the record of how that's going to go. Because, of course, the House will never take these things up. But it is good to um, put it on the record. It is good to highlight it. It It is good to advance this cause. I agree. And if there's enough people that supported this effort, they wouldn't be able to stop us, even in the House, Kurt, or they'd all get fired yeah. next go-round. Good point. If what these two bills the Senate's promoting, they would ban late-term abortions and protect babies that are born alive when an abortion failed. And basically what it's going to do, and, and again, they won't, they won't even bring it to cloture, I don't think, in the Senate. I think the Senate can't come up with 60 votes that would be the threshold to end debate. But because um, the the uh, I mean the Republicans have a pro life plank and every one of them should be behind it. So let's say they all were. That's just fifty three seats, and then everybody else is going to be saying, no, 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 no. I'm with that uh, yo yo uh, Virginia governor that says we ought to let the baby get born and then decide if we're going to kill it. I mean, it's interesting to me that Virginia governor with his black face Halloween stuff that would have that would have been a death nail to anybody that that had a principle bone in their body, but yet because he wants to kill babies and take away firearms, they're giving him a pass on that. And But the, here, here, the United States Senate, I don't think, will be able to bring the 60-volt threshold to say, let's not do, let's not kill babies late in their uh, pregnancy, and let's, let's protect and, and try to preserve the life of the babies that are born when a, an abortion fails and they're still alive. And, and we can't do that in, in this august body of the Senate. This is appalling to me. But it will put people on record, whether or not they're, they're for killing babies late in the term that could have been viable outside the womb. And again, this is a whole disaster at every level. But, but then the idea of, of allowing a baby to die on the table after it's breathing, it's like, holy cow. What has this country come to? Blatant murder on tap is what it's becoming, sad to say. But Alabama, uh, and I reordered your stories a little bit, Kurt, because we don't have time for them all. Kurt sent me literally 17 stories for this hour. Uh, And um, we'll get to them next show to the best we can. But in the meantime, Alabama's in the news, and these people are going for broke on pro-death and and the prevention uh, of God's commandment to multiply and replenish the earth, Kurt. They're doubling down in Alabama. Well, the headline reads, Alabama Dem uh, introduces legislation mandating vasectomies for men at age 50 or after third child. So, you know, I mean, uh, that's a whole new, uh, yeah, good point. How many kids do you have, Scott? I just have five. But uh, They would have shut you down. They would have shut Kurt down. They would have shut me down if they had their way, huh? And my, my hope is that I'll that's get how freedom works. grandkids. Your grandkids, we love them. They're 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 a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. But imagine three children are fifty, and the, Alabama is not a place that I think will give this um, any real support. But I'm just saying this is insanity, and it just goes to show. You know what? Our pro life people aren't as bold as these people are. They're rabid for their side, aren't they, Scott? Well, there was there is a bill in Idaho that came up in in one of the uh, uh, webinars I did that somebody wanted some questions on. There's a a bill uh, one of the representatives from up in the Panhandle put out a a an abortion bill that would that would nullify Roe v. Wade in this sense. 
I mean, and they're saying, "Woo, this is this is positive," but it has a poison pill in it. It'll never get out of out of committee because it, basically it makes it a capital crime for someone to have an abortion. And, and you know, you get 17 year old girls, 16 year old girl, whatever, that gets bad advice, or scared, whatever. And you're going to put her away for life in prison. You're going to put her to death. I don't know what are they. I don't know what some prosecutor would do with that. But the fact of the matter is. People need to take some sanity on this thing and say, look, we are going to nullify Roe v. Wade because, it, first of all, it isn't a law. It was a, a fake law created by the Supreme Court. We'll take it back in the states. We'll do the right thing with, in the states. But this idea that you have to put in this, this big sledgehammer in there that's going to punish some little girl that's, that's uh, scared and had bad advice and, and is just, I mean, it's like, do you want to? Kill her, too? Or- All right, we're about out of time. One more story before the end of the hour. Kurt, looks like MIT's listening to Sam Bushman. Well, that, I thought that would be kind of interesting for you, Sam. The headline reads, MIT delivers dire warning web voting app can be hacked. Uh, subheadline, computer science expert says results unsurprising. Um, but I guess this is, the app is called Votes, V-O-A-T-Z, and it's already been used in pilots. That doesn't mean flying and stuff. It's other thing. In Denver, Oregon, Utah, and Virginia. So I guess we're we're moving it forward. They say the researchers found attackers could alter, stop, or expose how an individual has voted. Well, don't worry about that, though. I mean, I how long have I been saying this, Kurt? I'm glad MIT's been listening. <clears throat> Good point. I mean, isn't this exactly what I've been saying? Don't look at the guy yes. behind the curtain, you guys. I mean, we're we're just being baffled and bamboozled <laughs> at every turn. It is astounding to me, and, and common sense has abandoned the nation. It seems like we have an almost universal insanity that settled in. I cannot believe it. I hear that, but I've been telling this people where you about say this paper fraud. ballot and pencil? Yes. I, I want to go back to paper ballots. I do, and I would like to have our local people count them and, and then have a, a recount at the next stop. I mean, these things, and everybody can go back and verify. Everything has to be verified. If you do things electronically and they say, here's what, it, you push the button and it comes out as, as such and such a vote spread. You say, well, verify that. You push the button again and you get the same verification. There is nothing in there to prove that it's right and it can be hacked and destroyed. And that's just the way they love it, sir. But I'm telling you, I'm as high tech as I'm as high tech as they get, and MIT's just coming out with this headline with this dire warning. They should have been listening to me for the last 25 years because I've been saying this the whole time. Well, you've been right. So I'm I'm not here to do, really to say I told you so, but to say when I tell you these things and people go, well, maybe Sam, you just don't understand the tech. Well, I guess neither does MIT, Hunker. <laughs> Great point, Sam. All right. Anyway, kind of interesting. Just thought we'd wrap up on that note. Thank you, gentlemen. we got to stand for the sacred cause of liberty, and it, and, it, and it feels like we're losing the battles. But remember this. we got to be like Francis Marion, the swamp fox, and we can do plenty with very little resources. And in the end, remember, if we're on God's side, we win. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic. <laughs>